listener-supported radio. Talk that brings Christ to the world. Welcome to the Relevant Radio Winter Pledge Drive. Give from the heart. Yeah, check out these headlines, okay? Came across a couple stories. I've been following these, and I thought we'd talk about them today. Uh, First one that I came across, 1,500-year-old inscription claims to have the words, Jesus, born of Mary, found at the site of Armageddon. Here's another one. Experts confirm the biblical city of Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed by an explosion a thousand times larger than an atomic bomb. Where's the Ark of the Covenant? What about Moses and the uh, the Ark? Will they ever be found? We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. You are welcome to join me anytime. The studio number is 888-914-9149. Yeah, I love this stuff. I love biblical archaeology. Uh, it's some of the most fascinating things in the world. And uh, in a secular world, they like to claim that, yeah, the history reading the Bible is made up. Right? It's all made up. Even guys like Moses and David. And then what happens, and I've been doing this for years with you, all of a sudden, archaeologists, they discover something, and it dates back to the time of David or mentions a biblical figure. One of the latest discoveries and this is pretty cool, is from a 5th century church in a place that you're probably familiar with. Everyone knows the name Armageddon, right? Armageddon, that name, of course, has these apocalyptic overtones to it because it's found in the book of Revelations. And St. John, you know, he says that that's the place where the final battle, the great battle, will take place. Um, That didn't scare Christians from building on the site, though. And researchers recently found an inscription, it was in Greek, and it was posted on a doorway. And here's what it said. It said, quote, Christ born of Mary, this work of the most God-fearing and pious bishop, and they mentioned his name, Theodosius, and the miserable Thomas um, was built from the foundation. Whoever enters should pray for them. What does this find indicate? What do we know about it? Uh, what do we know about Armageddon? Uh, There are other biblical sites and wonders that archaeologists are still looking for, like Noah's Ark and the Ark of the Covenant. But to help us wade through some of this today is a professor of sacred scripture at uh, the Augustine Institute's Graduate School of Theology. It's great to have with us today Professor Mark Gieschek, and uh, you can check out his book if you like. Um, He's wrote a number of them, Wisdom of Solomon in the Catholic Commentary on Sacred Scripture and Suffering whatever Catholics should know, and you can just check them out at catholicbiblestudent.com. Marcus, great to have you with me today. Thank you for your time. Hey, it's really fun to be on your show. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I love your website, too, catholicbiblestudent.com. You know what it makes me instantly think of? Catholicbibleteacher.com, which is Dr. John Bergsma, <laughs> I think. So that's great. So what's what's at your site before we talk about some of this stuff? What do you, what do, you do at Catholic Bible Student? Yeah, I've been writing on that blog since 2006, wow. so there's a lot there. Um, it's pretty much, uh, you know, whatever I happen to be reading about or studying at the time, you know, I'll just put up, a, you know, a short post about something I'm interested in, or, you know, if I have a book coming out or something like that, I'll announce that on the blog. But uh, it's been really fun, you know, just kind of uh, participating in, uh, you know, it's probably three or four versions of the internet at this point. That's so cool. Well, I appreciate your work, and I appreciate your time today. Uh, you know, when I saw this 1,500-year-old uh, inscription talking about Jesus being born of Mary, founded a 5th century church. Um, Fill us in. How significant is that find? And what was happening there at the site of Armageddon? Yeah. So Armageddon's kind of a funny place because it's it's a city called Megiddo that is in the middle of a gigantic valley called Jezreel. And uh, the site of Megiddo has been occupied since, gosh, 1500 BC. There was like an Egyptian outpost there. And weirdly enough, we actually have some of the letters that the governor of that Egyptian outpost sent back to Pharaoh uh, in that time period. So he was there even before the Israelites. Um, and then it was occupied for a long time down into the, until the Persian period by the Canaanites and the Israelites. You've got the stables of Solomon there. It's a really interesting site. I've been there, and you can see you know, all the excavations that have gone on. This particular uh, church that was just discovered is a 5th century Byzantine church. So you know, in archaeology, you have to always think in terms of layers. There's all these different layers in the, ho- in the Holy Land. And uh, the, in the 5th century, the Holy Land was occupied by the Byzantine Empire. 
So from about 390 AD until about the 630s AD, uh, you have this layer of Byzantine occupation. It's not the only Byzantine church in the Holy Land. There are quite a few Byzantine churches that have been discovered. And the way that we can identify them, I mean, so it's so wonderful, is that they made these beautiful floor mosaics. Uh, and they're really easily preserved, you know, when debris and, and dirt fall on them uh, after buildings fall over. And then they're beautiful to, for archaeologists to discover. So this particular inscription shows us that there were Christians occupying this particular site at this time, uh, which we didn't know before. So uh, this is a, about a 30-minute drive north of the city of Megiddo prop, proper, but still in the same area. And um, in, in this place, they found this inscription that mentions the bishop, so we can date uh, the inscription based on the bishop, because we found his name in other places. And in the inscription, there's actually a kind of a section in the middle that's been blotted out where they think there used to be a cross hmm. and that the cross was actually kind of scraped off when they reused the stone for building purposes. It's fascinating. What do we know about Armageddon? Um, you know, uh, we know the scripture tells us the final battle will take place there. Um, why does St. John place the great battle, that final battle at this particular site? Is it just literary, you know, uh, a literary device, or is there something more to it than we than we know? Do you expect a final battle to start there? Or how do you yeah, see it? Yeah, I mean, it might be it? worth it might be worth thinking about Megiddo, kind of like the way the way Americans think about Gettysburg, yeah. right? It's like the site of this great battle in the past, and there were two really important events that happened in the Jezreel Valley near Megiddo in the Old Testament. So one is when Jehu uh, actually slays the the king of the north and the king of the south at the same time in the Jezreel Valley. Uh, and then, you know, he uh, becomes the king of the north. Uh, and then there's another moment when King Josiah goes out to confront Pharaoh as Pharaoh's passing through the Jezreel Valley, and Josiah is killed by Pharaoh and, and his army in the Jezreel Valley. And uh, so these two moments of kings being killed in uh, the Jezreel Valley near Megiddo kind of establish it as a kind of like almost like like legendary status kind of place of uh, of Old Testament warfare. And so it makes sense that St. John might want to place the final battle in that place, right? And and it's, you know, the word Armageddon, we think, can be divided up into two words, har, which means mountain in Hebrew, and Megiddon, which maybe comes from Megiddo. So it's it sounds like Mount Megiddo. Not that there's a mountain there, but the, right. the city is uh, kind of built up on a uh, on a hill, at least, in the middle of the plain. Have you done excavations over there? I know you've been to Israel several times. Um, what have you done? Have you studied any of this biblical archaeology? Uh, so I'm not an archaeologist, uh, so I haven't done any excavations, but I have led several pilgrimage groups to the Holy Land, including one last year. Yeah, it's 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 an awesome site. I was there, I guess, about a year ago. It's life-changing. I think everyone should make that that journey. But you and I love about that site. I mean, it has changed hands over the centuries, but it keeps giving up uh, its history. You know, we learn more and more. I'm always hearing some new piece of biblical archaeology that validates and kind of confirms Scripture, figures that many people thought were just, you know, uh, you know, fiction are actually real. There was a, a recent finding, I'm sure you're familiar with, in that ancient church in, in Bethsaida, uh, the hometown of St. Peter and Andrew, uh, not too long ago. You remember finding that or uh, when they found Magdala, where they think Magdalene came from? And, you know, uh, these uh, these biblical sites, uh, you know, do they, I guess, how reliable is the Bible when it comes to the historical level? Is it more accurate than we think? And do these archaeological finds help to validate that? Yeah, I mean, the archaeology, it's almost like it has like a dialogue going on with the Bible, the biblical text, and we learn things from the Bible, and then we can go look for them in the dirt, you know, and then we learn things from the dirt, and then we can go look for them in the Bible. One of my favorite examples of this, actually, is on Mount Ebal. Um, in the book of Deuteronomy and book of Joshua, there's this huge covenant ceremony that Moses sets up where half the people go up on Mount Ebal, half go up on Mount Gerizim to pronounce the covenant curses and blessings. And in Joshua chapter 8, it talks about how there was sacrificial worship taking place on Mount Ebal. Well, in the 1980s, they excavated the top of Mount Ebal. Guess what they found? This huge, gigantic altar with a ramp going to the top, all kinds of sacrificial animal bones there, and no wow. pig bones. You know, it's just like a, uh -huh. amazing, like that that something that 
you know, Joshua himself probably worshipped at, you know, thousands of years ago, is still there for the finding. So I have to take a break. When we come back, let's talk about some of those other places that I don't know if we'll ever find. Noah's Ark, Ark of the Covenant. Uh, scripture's really clear about that. I'd love to get your take on uh, those mysteries. And of course, if we have time, I'm always fascinated by the cities of Gomorrah and Sodom. And uh, archaeologists and scientists have found some strange evidence of uh, where those cities once remained. So when we come back, we can dive into that and much more. If you want to join us, I only have uh, Professor Gieschek for just a uh, just a short time, uh, maybe another 10 minutes or so. Feel free to join us at 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. To get into the studio. We need your help, though, because we are in a Relevant Radio Pledge Drive. It's the first one of the year. And uh, Father Rocky, who is uh, our chief executive officer here, hosts the Family Rosary Across America, has got this message to share with you. Hi, Father Rocky here. Winter Pledge Drive is underway, and we've got matching funds this hour, so your gift gets doubled. Please help us with our operating costs by making a tax-deductible donation at RelevantRadio.com or on the app or by calling 877-291-0123. We have a special gift for you. If you can give it the $50 month level, it's an ornate walnut wall crucifix. This wall crucifix has a solid brass inlay and a gold finished corpus on it. It also comes in a gift box, just in case you'd like to give it to someone special. This pledge drive, we ask you to imitate our Lord by giving from the heart, just as he did for all of us. Give it the $50 a month level for the beautiful wall crucifix at RelevantRadio.com, the Relevant Radio app, or give us a call at 877-291-0123. Your gift this hour is matched dollar for dollar. Please give from the heart to Relevant Radio. All right, we're going to get back to Drew's conversation with Professor Mark Gieschek in just a moment here. But right now, asking you to help support Relevant Radio with your donation. The way you can do that, just what Father Rocky said, pledge online, relevantradio.com, through the Relevant Radio app, or call 877-291-0123. That's 877-291-0123. I'm Josh Raymond, along with Drew. And uh, Drew, I, I love this conversation you're having here because I know in about a month and a half, we're going to have some sort of article that's going to yeah. come out in some big, uh, you know, news uh, outlet, periodical, whatever it is. It happens every year right around it's Holy Week. So every year right around Holy Week. It's, you know, did Jesus really live? Did Jesus really die? What, what you know, what really happened? And you have a secular outlet that's trying to address what is historical Christianity? That's so true. That's a great point. But I love the fact that we can actually talk about, you know, what what uh, Dr. Gieschek was saying that, you know, the more you dig into, like, the, the mountain that he was talking yeah. about there that's referenced in the book of Joshua in the Old Testament, that, yeah, what do you find? You find exactly what was referenced in the Bible. Know. You know, the Bible is validated and confirmed time after time after time by what we what we discover out there in the world around us. So true. Great point, though, Josh. I remember the ossuary of St. James that was released right before the resurrection. You know, they have all these finds that want to diminish the, the, the resurrection or, or, or the authenticity faith. of Christ. Right. It was he married to Magdalene, whatever. Ultimately, as you point out, I mean, we see how God constantly reveals the truth to us. And it's what Relevant Radio does here today. We bring to you professors uh, like this, like Professor Mark uh, Gieschek, who, um, you know, brings you an insight you're not going to get anywhere else. We're able to give you a look at life, faith. We explore family and the world and uh, these things that are part of our own heritage, our roots, our Catholic faith here. If you enjoy Relevant Radio, if you find value in these conversations, if you say, you know, your show's pretty cool, I really do enjoy the the content that you offer, then let us know you stand with us. You had a dollar-for-dollar match right now. I'm only on the air for 44 minutes, and then it's it. Can't offer this again, and I will not have matching funds tomorrow, so please call and help. 877-291-0123. Keep this kind of programming on the air. You can also donate at relevantradio.com or on your mobile app. And, uh, you know, right now, Drew, we're only about $19,000 away wow. from crossing that $800,000 mark as we're marching forward wow. to reaching our first million. Our ultimate goal, our ultimate need is $3 million by the end of Friday. Maybe you have that capacity. That's a big ask, but... 
Would you be able to make that donation of $19,000? Help us get past that little that little hill right there. Maybe you can give 1000 or 5000 877-291-0123 or relevantradio.com. The Israelites build a holy vessel, a sacred box to hold these tablets of the commandments. It's called the Ark of the Covenant. The Bible gives a very clear description as to what the Ark of the Covenant looks like. God himself is in fact the architect of this. And so it's very precise about the measurements and the way that it has to be built. This is the Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Hey, thanks for joining me. Thank you for your support, by the way. I'm, I'm here every day to try to give you a look at life you won't find anywhere else. And the one constant in this program is, you know there's going to be something different. You never know what you're going to get. It's always a, a different subject and, and something different. Today we're talking about some of the great uh, archaeological finds, some of the great mysteries of the Old Testament. Uh, Maggie was just playing a rejoin there about the Ark of the Covenant um, in the ancient Holy Land, you know, there are biblical wonders that are still being unveiled. And my guest today has taken many pilgrimages there to the Holy Land. Um, in fact, pilgrimages have been to the Holy Land since the time of St. Helena in the fourth century, right? Where she brought back, you know, the the, the true relics of the cross. Uh, I'm joined if you're just uh, tuning in, by the way, and feel free to, to dial in. I'll try to grab a call or two if I have some time here. Triple eight. 914-9149. I'm joined today by a professor of sacred scripture at the Augustine Institute Graduate School of Theology. You can check out his blog. He writes there regularly. It's called CatholicBibleStudent.com, and it's great to have with me today Professor Mark Gieschek. And uh, Professor, uh, some of these other finds, we talked about an inscription found at Armageddon. Your thoughts on the finding of the Ark of the Covenant or even Noah's Ark. I'm kind of the mindset that they'll never be revealed because I think we have a new Ark and new covenants, but but give me um, give me your take on it. Yeah, so the Ark of the Covenant, of course, you know, Indiana Jones uh, found it, and it's in a, it's in a, a warehouse somewhere in the United States. <laughs> Washington, D.C. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe it'll show up at the Museum of the Bible or something, yeah. but uh, I, I think it would be amazing if we found the Ark of the Covenant, but I, I think I'm with you. I don't, I don't think it's ever going to happen. So let me tell you like what Scripture says sure. and then what the theories are. So right. in Scripture, the temple actually gets sacked multiple times. So Pharaoh comes in in 1 Kings 14 and sacks the temple. Later on, it's sacked by King Jehoash from Israel in 2 Kings. And then, of course, it's eventually looted and destroyed by the Babylonian army in 586 B.C. It's probably at that time that the Ark of the Covenant gets lost. Now, later on in the book of 2 Maccabees, which I know a lot of people don't read, but 2 Maccabees chapter 2 talks about how the prophet Jeremiah, at the time that the Babylonians destroyed the temple, found a cave, and then he brought the Ark, the altar of incense, and a few other things. He put them in the cave, sealed up the entrance, and then other people who were with him came to mark the spot so they could find it later, and they couldn't find it. And so Jeremiah issues a kind of prophecy, right? This place shall be unknown until God gathers his people together again and shows his mercy. So that's just like the final biblical testimony about the Ark of the Covenant, is that it gets sealed up in this mysterious cave never to be discovered again. There's one strand of Jewish tradition that we see in the Talmud that says that maybe King Josiah hid the Ark of the Covenant, it says, under a rock in its place. So in Jewish tradition, that's often meant like maybe there's like a chamber somehow like inside the Temple Mount or maybe behind the Western Wall where the Ark mm. of the Covenant is hiding, you know, sort of waiting to be found. Now, it's also possible it was taken to Babylon, but it's not in the list of things that were taken to Babylon that we find in Ezra chapter 1. It's possible the Babylonians simply destroyed it. And then the weirdest theory of all is that it's in this Ethiopian Orthodox church somewhere in Ethiopia called the Church of Our Lady Mary of Zion, and that it's guarded by this one monk who is the only person in the world who's allowed to see it, and every day he offers incense before the Ark. Yeah. I kind of like that theory, but I kind of doubt that it's true. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that one. There have been documentaries and things done on that as well. Uh, but what about Noah's Ark? I mean, they have these archaeological... There's been so many documentaries of different things that have been done in the search for, for, for Noah's Ark. I, I want your take on that, too, but let me do this because time is short. Hold the thought of Noah. Let's, let's, well, no, we'll go to Noah, right? Okay, Maggie, good. Adrian from Los Angeles, on. he actually has a, uh, 
a question regarding Noah's Ark, and it's good to have him here with us. Adrian, good afternoon. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, glad to um, have called and gotten through. Uh, well, regarding quickly, regard, regarding the Ark of the Covenant, um, I mean, Mother Mary is seen as the new Ark of the Covenant, so I think, you know, it's like a powerful message that it hasn't been found, right? You know, so many people are searching for the Ark of the Covenant when, you know, Catholics kind of know where it is, so to speak. Um, oh, sorry about that. I drive for Uber, and uh, <laughs> so I forgot to turn off the app. That's uh, okay. <laughs> but the, uh, but regarding it. Noah's Ark, um, you know, this guy named Ken Hem built the Noah's Ark Museum yep. in Kentucky, and it's based off of the replica. It's an exact replica to, well, as far as the size, uh, length, and size, according to um, the uh, the Noah's Ark that's stated in the Bible, but also based off of the one that they found in the mountains of Ararat in Turkey. Right. Uh, you know, during the 1970s, they said that the U.S. was looking for uh, possible Soviet Union bases, and you know, how are you going to get a boat up in the mountains without yeah. bringing the water and sea level up there, right? Yeah. Hey, and, you know, you, Adrian, let me do this because we only have a couple minutes left. And, and this is such a great conversation. Yeah, First of all, I am delighted that. that you drive for Uber. I hope you'll leave relevant on so others can come to discover it. And um, I'm glad we can keep you company as you cruise around the city there. Let's talk Noah's Ark. Um, if you could, uh, Professor, unpack it for us. You heard Adrian's uh, comments about the replica being made. Supposedly it was on Mount Ararat. What do we know about where Noah's Ark potentially settled the dimensions of it, whether it would have survived the big flood and so much more. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is Genesis chapter six through nine. Tell us a lot about Noah's Ark and its construction, what kind of wood, how long it was, how wide it was, how many decks it had and so on. Uh, but uh, unfortunately we haven't found it. Now there was this one amateur archeologist named Ron Wyatt, who was yeah. a total con man, a, yeah. a total charlatan who just, who, apparently discovered over 100 biblical artifacts. He found Noah's Ark, the Ark of the Covenant, Pharaoh's chariots on the floor of the Red Sea, yeah, the true that. Mount Sinai, and it's all baloney, right? He never provided any evidence. He never submitted anything to peer review or any third-party tests or anything. So um, unfortunately, a lot of that stuff is kind of out there on the Internet. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if we'll ever find the Ark of the Covenant. You know, he, Ron Wyatt claimed to have a piece of it, and then people pointed out that that piece that he had didn't have any rings like you would normally see in wood. And, and he's like, oh, well, they didn't have rings before the flood. So um, I don't think we'll ever find it. Um, I would be really fascinated if we did. Uh, but uh, I think it's important for us to hang on to the things that we can find and do find um, and not allow ourselves to be kind of seduced into wishful thinking. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. I'm very grateful. Maggie, we don't have time for more calls, do we? My apologies to everyone that, that is on hold. Hey, Professor, we have a slightly amended schedule today. I'd love to have you back when we can drill into these uh, conversations in a much deeper, more profound way. But thank you for your, for your insight and for your elo eloquence. I really enjoyed our time together. Hey, thanks so much, Drew. It's really great coming on your show. Thank you. That's uh, Professor Mark Gieschek, and check him out at his blog, CatholicBibleStudent.com. You can check that out. I often think of Dr. John Bergsma, who's CatholicBibleTeacher.com. Great little websites, great resources at both of those. And Dr. Bergsma, you know, we've spoken about Noah. We've spoken about, of course, Sodom and Gomorrah and so much more. But maybe we'll unpack more of this in the days ahead. You know, stay with me, too, because when I come back, we'll change gears. Have you cremated your loved one? You want to turn them into a diamond or to sludge? Burning bodies for science is the latest thing. I'll fill you in on that and much more. But stay with me, okay? Our conversation will continue right after this. Don't go away. All right. <laughs> Interested to hear where that's going to go with Drew. Uh, Got to stick around, though, and find out what's coming up next here on the back half of the hour. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, along with Drew Mariani. We are uh, about 33 minutes left in this hour, and we need your help. How do we need your help? Well, we need your help because this is our quarterly pledge drive. You can help most of all by saying a prayer for all of us here at Relevant Radio. We remember you in our prayers as well. And uh, if you make that financial contribution, that's the second way you can help us here, especially this week of our pledge drive. If you make that pledge, let us know how we can pray for you. 
If you make a phone call, you can leave it with the operator that takes your pledge. Uh, if you go online and make your pledge there, there will be a field that you can enter in, whatever you would like to have remembered in prayer. And every one of those intentions, every prayer request you give is prayed for individually. Uh, all of us at Relevant Radio were given some of those different ones. Uh, they're kept fairly anonymous. It's just a yeah. first name. It's a general city location. And then it just has the prayer intention. And when I say general city location, if you're in some suburb of a major metro, all that we see is it might be John from Los Angeles asking for his child to return to the church. But each one of those intentions prayed for individually when you make your pledge. And you can do that, again, relevantradio.com on the Relevant Radio app or give us a call at 877-291-0123. That's 877-291-0123. Love the music. I think we're going to find the Ark of the Covenant, Drew. I'd like to. (laughs) Uh, We get enough donations. Maybe it'll show up. (laughs) Thank you for your support. But Josh, you know, you, you bring up some, you know, wonderful points again. And um, look, we need your help right now. I'm looking at my clock, 32 minutes, and uh, I wish I had more time with you today. I really do. We got dollar for dollar match. I just want to remind you of that because I only have it for 32 more minutes. Tomorrow, I'm not going to have it, and we do need your help. I was talking to Josh before we went on the air just about how critical it is that we move the needle today if we're going to get to gold. So if you can help, if you enjoy these type of conversations, if they entertain you on your drive home or keep you company while you're at work or, you know, you enjoy the podcast, then pick up the phone. Dial in right now, 877-291-0123. I'd like to see another 75 people join us. That's nothing in the next 30 minutes. Will you be one of those 75 people to... Get behind Relevant Radio in this very important mission. 877-291-0123 or online at relevantradio.com. And our ultimate need is $3 million. That's where we need to be by the end of Friday. Right now, we're getting really close to hitting $800,000 raised. We only need about $10,000 to get there. Can you help? Maybe you're one of 10 people who can give $1,000. Maybe you're one of a couple people who could give $5,000. 877-291-0123, RelevantRadio.com, or on the Relevant Radio app. And thank you for being generous. Listener-supported radio. Talk that brings Christ to the world. Welcome back to the Relevant Radio Winter Pledge Drive. Give from the heart. Hey, thanks for joining us. Hey, I'm so grateful for everyone's support. When you dial in, leave your prayer intentions. 28 minutes, I'll give you the clock for dollar for dollar match for me. Won't have it tomorrow. Thanks for whatever you can do. You can help me, I'd be grateful, all right? Whatever you can do. If you can't, say a prayer. It'd be awesome. You know, we look at a lot of different things here. Years ago, when I first joined Relevant Radio, there was a, um, I guess there was an exhibit, and I know people are torn over it. It's called Body Worlds or the Body exhibition and people would donate their bodies to science and then they'd be plasticized right so what they do is they'd cut somebody you know open so you'd see the the lungs of a smoker or you know their arm would be amputated or, or whatever i mean you, it, you had human corpses that have were plasticized and shipped around the country and people would come and gawk at them and people say, oh no it's good it's scientific it's this you know i, I want to talk a little bit about how we treat the dead, what the church teaches regarding the dignity of the human person and what happens after burial. Uh, you know, cremation has become very common today. Uh, we do have other tactics, you know, people who want to be turned into diamonds or jet and jettisoned into space. I've talked to you about um, the latest craze where they're turning people into sludge and used as fertilizer, right? For centuries, people have been donating their bodies to, to science, and I'm all about it. You know, I might, you know, I have friends who are doctors and sister nurses. I mean, a lot of their training comes on corpses. You know, you, you, you expect, you know, you, you learn the human anatomy in this um, era in which we live in though. Um, gosh, we're entering a strange new world. We're beginning down a, a little bit of a slippery slope. I have a problem with the plasticized bodies personally. Uh, I want to get my, my next guest take on that, a traveling exhibition of a bunch of bodies injected with clear plastic to preserve them so somebody can make money off of them. Um, I, I don't know. That it just doesn't sit well with me. I know I've mentioned this before, and a lot of people say, Drew, you've never seen it. Drew, I was there. These are great. Um, there's something else being done, and I'll, I'll let me just bring this into the conversation. And you can sound off. Feel free to join me in the studio. We can talk about it. Uh, something else being done. People are donating their bodies to science. In fact, the University of Texas is conducting experiments to find out what happens with bodies as they burn burn in cars or in house fires. 
So I'm a little different on this one. Um, investigators are putting cadavers into burning cars or houses. Their temperatures are as hot as like 1,100 degrees. And the idea behind it is to give the criminal, the investigator, the, the, the CSI guy, the tools to be able to discern if a crime had been committed or not. Uh, but the question is, is this valid scientific inquiry and is it the right way to treat a human body? Nobody better to answer this question than a good friend of the show, senior ethicist at the National Catholic Bioethics Center, Father Tad Paholchek. Father, welcome back. Thank you for joining me. I'm very glad to be able to. What an interesting topic. I think, uh, you know, people always uh, come to us with these questions about the disposition of human remains uh, after people die. So it's it's on people's minds. So this was an interesting one for me because, you know, the, I, and I don't, maybe I'll start with plasticide bodies before we get to the burning bodies. Where are you on taking a donated body, injecting it with plastic, and then letting it travel around an exhibition. Uh, there's a lot of people who argue can make a strong case for it, and there are others who don't think this is the right way to treat a, a human body. Where do you stand? Well, I guess, you know, I would start with uh, the realization that there are human bodies that are on display in other contexts, like mm -hmm. uh, Egyptian mummies, for mm -hmm. example or some of the remains of <clears throat> believers in the catacombs. Yep. So, you it's know, true. we have that sort of as the backdrop. But then I think the question here becomes, you know, this was sort of an intentional choice and decision made by somebody to donate their body to this exhibition. Uh, were steps taken so that uh, this would not be a sort of perpetual exhibit, but so that this would be done you know, for a period of time, and then maybe there would be cremation and the remains would be returned to the family and there would be a burial and a place where the individual could be remembered. Because in general, that's the mind of the church, that when you donate your body to science or to some other worthy uh, use, that there should be provisions made afterwards to obtain those perhaps minimal remains that will exist after the work has been done uh, and to make sure that there is burial in a mausoleum, in a cemetery, in an appropriate place of consecrated ground. Um, and that way we can, you know, in a sense, have a, a, a locus, a physical place where we pray for the soul of our beloved departed. So, you know, with the with the plastination process and all that, I think if somebody chooses to do this, uh, it's going to probably be okay. There'll be a couple of other caveats. One would be, you know, you'd want to say that an exhibit like this will not do anything disrespectful, you know, to the bodies. Like, I don't know, showing them in sexual positions or something like that. I think you'd have to be able to say that there's a genuine educational or spiritual or inspirational kind of a purpose to it. And a lot of times I think there is. Um, and you'd have to be sure that the individual uh, indicated that they wanted to do this or their duly appointed proxy, and that proxy is not going against the wishes of uh, the individual. But, you know, also one other thing here, Drew, I think it's important when people do make up their minds to donate their bodies mm -hmm. to science, uh, they should make sure they clear it with all the people in their immediate circle because there might be somebody, there might be a son or a daughter who would say, oh, I don't want my dad's body used that way. That's not going to be becoming, you know, I just don't want it. So make sure that there's a general awareness and agreement of what that individual is choosing to do. Yeah, no, again, my guest today, Father Tab Holchek. If you want to join us, feel free to dial in, sound off. It's 888 The uh, plasticide exhibit. Now, I've never been there, so I, I'm speaking strictly from only the, the things I've read. And they put human beings, I think, like on bicycles and, you know, in different things along those lines. And if you think that is okay, then, then yeah, that's fine. I mean, if it's inspirational or if it's educational, I totally see where you're coming from. I'm assuming you also would argue that the burning of a human body, so CSI investigators better can comprehend whether something's a crime or not, is probably a good use of the human body, or would you argue no? 
There's other things you could do. Uh, maybe take a, a dead monkey or gorilla or something. I don't know. I'm just throwing some stuff out there that might give you the same results. Do we need to incinerate a body in a car or in a house? Uh, and how does that sit with the Catholic Church? So, again, I think the same sorts of conditions would be required. There'd have to be consent and so on. But in when you donate your body to science, um, you don't know precisely sometimes how it's going to be used. I mean, this body farm that you're describing where mm-hmm. they do this work in Texas, I think some of the people did intentionally donate to it, yeah. knowing that their bodies would be burned. Uh, but that's not always the case. So I think it's... Yeah. You've got to understand, for example, if you donate your body to science, they might be used for ballistics research. Yep. So they might be firing bullets into your corpse, you know, to test penetration and maybe to make better bulletproof vests or, you know, there, there are a range of reasons that one might need to do this kind of research. And, you know, the article that you're referencing, I mean, they, they point out how in the past, there were misunderstandings yeah. around what happened to human bodies during a fire. And they even made the, the observation, which I didn't know, but very striking, yeah. that there was a fellow who was accused of setting his own house on fire and burning his three daughters to yeah. death. Terrible. And the arson investigators said, oh, yeah, he did it. We have you know this, that, and the other method to prove that he set his own house on fire. Well. He was sentenced to death in Texas. Um, he died. He was killed by the state. And afterwards, they went back and reviewed how they, you know, nailed him for this crime. And it turned out there were some significant flaws in their understanding of what happens to bodies during a fire, and that he, they didn't have good evidence to indicate that he had actually set the fire. Yeah. So, you know, there are there is some value potentially that can come from these types of studies. Yeah, like I said, and you know this because, uh, you, know, exper- you know, learning human anatomy, you know, is very important for the students to study on cadavers. You also have the case of a farm uh, where they've done, they've made huge leaps when it came to how a body decays and how certain insects uh, develop. You know, you can find out how long a body's been dead by the type of insects, the larva, and the, the development of that. And there's, you know, the bodies are laid out there in, in different states of, of decay, different ages. So, I mean, that's all good stuff, and it brings about a greater good. Uh, Father, I have to take a break. When we come back, we can talk more. I'll take a few of your calls. You can join me at 888-914-9149 if you want to speak to Father Tapa Holchek. When we come back, let's talk about human burial. Is there inappropriate things to do with the body there? Is cremation okay? Is perhaps using your body in terms of, uh, I don't know, being put into a diamond, so you know, taking the carbon so that your loved one will always remember you, or being jettisoned into space? Or We'll take a look at that and a whole lot more. Stay with us. Changing lives in your neighborhood and across the nation. Here's another relevant radio miracle moment. My father died in, on December 11th, 2021, and he was on his deathbed and he, uh, at 3 p.m. And the priest came in and did the Divine Mercy Chaplet along with the Litany of Saints, and he passed away peacefully. And after that, for the next month or longer, he gave us many, many beautiful signs that he was in heaven with Jesus. He was a hard man, and I became a total believer. I listen to you every day with the chaplet. Thank you. And if I can't hear the live radio, I listen to the prayers. I do the rosary every night. I'm a total changed person because of that prayer and what it did to my dad. Touch a heart and change a soul by making a donation to Relevant Radio today. Down to our last 15 minutes of the hour here on the Drew Mariani Show. And we need to hear from you. It's actually really important that we hear from you right now. Uh, 15 minutes to go. This is the last 15 minutes that we're going to have with the Drew Mariani Show today. And we're not going to have matching dollars tomorrow. Last 15 minutes to have your donation matched by uh, pledging here during the Drew Mariani Show. You can make your pledge at RelevantRadio.com on the Relevant Radio app, or you can give us a call, 877-291-0123. That's 
291-0123. It doesn't, doesn't matter the amount that you give. Any amount is matched dollar for dollar. Maybe you can give a 10 or a 20 or a 50 or a $100 gift matched dollar for dollar. Maybe you can give $3,000 like Thomas listening in Appleton, Wisconsin. Maybe you can give a $5,000 gift. We uh, received an anonymous $5,000 donation just a little bit ago as well. Thank you for being generous in whatever amount that you can donate because it is matched dollar for dollar. And the time is running out quick here. Now down to 14 minutes. And thank you for that next person who just stepped up and made their pledge. 877-291-0123 online, relevantradio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. And boy, do we need you. I'll tell you that. I'm looking at the call screen here, Josh. There's some big donations that came in and they're taking advantage of that matching funds. The dollar for dollar right now. There are $50 gifts. There are $20 gifts. Uh, there are $40 gifts. There's $5,000 gifts. There's a $6 gift. We're so grateful for everything that you have sent into us and know that we're good stewards of it. We're here to bring Christ to you, to give you hope, give you perspective, to fill you in on the biggest issues of the day, to walk with you on your spiritual journey. You know, when you turn on Relevant Radio, your donation does more than just keep us on the air. It goes well beyond that. It touches lives. It uplifts people who are depressed. It heals hearts. It educates. It informs. It inspires. That's what your gift does. And today I'm inviting you to be part of that. There's nothing like Relevant Radio on the air. We are so unique, yet we're outgunned and outnumbered. You can make a difference. Help us in these final moments at 877-291-0123. Or if you want, just go online. Use your mobile app. That's what I do. Or go online to relevantradio.com. Donations are matched dollar for dollar. You know what you're saying there, Drew, is it, that's that's the reason that anybody gives is because the lives that are impacted. You know, if you're listening and you've had your life impacted, you know exactly what we're talking about there. But from a financial perspective, $3 million might seem like a lot. But when you put that in comparison to something like the Super Bowl coming up this weekend... $7 million for a 30-second advertisement. We can run over 200 stations and reach millions of souls for three months because of your generosity. Make that donation, relevantradio.com. All right, listen to this. Some 20,000 Americans donate their bodies to science each year, but you may not know what that entails and who might be on the receiving end. The for-profit market remains largely unregulated, and that creates opportunities for bad actors to trick families into handing over their loved ones' remains. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Yeah, that was a CBS report. Look, we all experience death, right? And I think it's so noble for those who are willing to donate their body to science. I think it's a great thing. And uh, just looking at the the morality of, uh, you know, how, when does it not become moral? Ultimately, you know, in our Catholic tradition, the human body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And it's a sacred vessel. Uh, you know, God has given you a soul and you're not an empty shell. No, you're much more than that. And our body should be treated with dignity and it should be treated with respect. And, uh, you know, I know when it comes to death, it can be really tough. You know, we, there's traditional burial, of course, you know, it's beautiful. It's time honored. Um, and lately the church has given the green light to cremation. It was once discouraged. It's it's now accepted. Done that is provided with, you know, proper respect and that you are buried in on sacred ground, not kept on your, you know, your mantle or in the closet and uh, things along those lines. But we're even getting into some new territory here. I was mentioning alkaline hydrosis. It's a water cremation or these natural or green burials where, you know, you're used as fertilizers. Um, I, this environmental movement, you know, people are saying, oh, it's a great way. This is what we, there's too many people in the world. There's 8 billion people. We need to do something with these bodies. Then there's others where you get carbonized or jettisoned into space. I've invited today with me uh, a good friend of the show who often helps navigate these uh, troubled waters for us. His name's Father Tad Paholchak. He's a senior ethicist at the National Catholic Bioethics Center. And you can find him at fathertad.com or at nc, nccb.com. And Father, it is .com, right, for the nccb? Uh, it's actually ncbcenter.org. Okay. I, I always get it wrong with you. I need to write it down. <laughs> I just try <laughs> to pull it my mind. <laughs> oh, boy, it's been a long day. Good to have you here with us today. Let's talk burial for a moment, if we could. Um, what's the church teach regarding some of this stuff? I mean, I, I was mentioning this, these new technologies, this alkaline hydrolysis where they 
they, you know, they get rid of the body through water cremation, right? I mean, cremation's yeah. another issue here, too. A lot of people right now have their mom, their dad, their husband, their wife on their mantle. Or they're saying, oh, they love the Green Bay Packers. We're going to sprinkle them outside the stadium or at the lake where he used to like to fish or at the beach or whatever. You, you get the point. So maybe unpack it for us. Yes. Yeah, so <clears throat> I think it, it does make sense to start with cremation. Um, and... You know, I think here it's important to emphasize, really, where is the church coming from? Yes, the church allows for cremation, that's true. But does the church prefer the burial uh, or the handling of the whole body? And the answer would be yes, because really that body better expresses the values which the church affirms. Uh, when you're doing the funeral rites, for example. So, I mean, just a quick story. Sure. You know, I, I lost my nephew. He was only in his 50s recently, and I had to do the funeral. And I, in talking with his wife, he had said to her, oh, I just want to be cremated, you know, nothing more. And she was like, so, you know, we're going to get him cremated. They didn't have a lot of money. That was always an issue yeah, for them, course, yeah. understandably. Yep. But I said to her, I said, look, <clears throat> if at all possible, I would much prefer to have his body in the church, in the casket, when I do the funeral. And, you know, we, we went back and forth a little bit. She finally agreed to it. I, I said to her even, you know, look, if it comes to money, I'll contribute. I'll get other members of the It turned out somebody else in her side of the family was happy to cover it when he heard about it. Oh, wow. So we had the body and I did the funeral. And what was so nice was that afterwards, uh, one of his sons was able to carry, you know, be a, a pallbearer. And just think about that. Wouldn't have been possible if it had been the case that there were just ashes in the church. Mm. So the, the whole sort of symbolism of what the church affirms in her rights about the body, about the resurrection of the dead, and actually, you know, to see them take his body at the end, and all of us were standing out front of the church, mm -hmm. they loaded it into the hearse, and the hearse drove away. Wow. And it was like real closure, wow. you know, for the whole family. So <clears throat> I think there's great wisdom in what the church counsels here, that there is greater value to having the body present and not going, you know, right away for cremation. And then you mentioned various abuses. Mm -hmm. Um, which are a serious concern of showing, failing to show respect for the remains of the dead, sprinkling here and there, putting it into jewelry, keeping it uh, in the attic, you know, in the urn. Uh, the church is, has again indicated in, in no uncertain terms, this is very important to be sure that those remains are placed into consecrated ground. And this is true also for the alkaline hydrolysis that you mentioned. At the end of that process, yes, you've used lye and some other chemicals to digest most of the body, but there are still some bone fragments that are yep. left over and collected. Yep. Those need to be interred in that consecrated ground. Uh, and this well, really sets up that place for prayer for well, the family. Father, I only have about 30 seconds left. If people want to, they're dealing with this right now, does ncbcenter.com have info that they can find that will help them? Uh, yes, we do. We have some information on uh, on my columns, actually. That would be, you know, making sense of bioethics. They can check. Uh, there's a couple of them. One of them is entitled "Cremains and Respect for the Human Body." Yeah, we'll talk more, Father. Thank you. It's ncbcenter.org, and of course, you check out Father Tad, and he writes that article, a column called "Making Sense Out of Bioethics." Do a quick search for it. It'll be a game changer for you. My thanks to Father Tad Olchek for his time over the years. I'll be right back. Five minutes left in this matching hour of the Drew Mariani Show. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond along with Drew. And uh, thank you so much if you have made your pledge already. If you haven't made your pledge, well, now is a great time to do that. With the matching fund still available, not going to be available tomorrow. So get that donation, whatever size, matched dollar for dollar when you pledge at RelevantRadio.com on the Relevant Radio app 
or by calling us at 877-291-0123. And uh, got a donation here just a few minutes ago off the mainland, Drew. Uh, Yeah, we got from Christian uh, listening in Puerto Rico and kind of down in the San Juan area. Thanks so much, Christian, for making your pledge of $50 there. You can give in any amount, and it is going to be matched, just like Christian, his $50 matched, and it became a $100 gift to Relevant Radio. We need to hear from you right now before the time runs out for this hour, down to just four minutes now. RelevantRadio.com on the Relevant Radio app or call 877-291-0123. Yeah, thanks so much for your generosity. Really, if Josh phones look great, we are having another wild hour here. And that's what we need because... We have four pledge drives a year. We're listeners supported. These pledge drives keep us going. They help us get into uh, well the months ahead. And you know what's coming up in the months ahead? We, as Josh pointed out, Lent starts. It starts next week. Yeah, a week and a day. That's crazy. I mean, before you know, it, we'll be celebrating Easter and then the tri- or the Triduum, of course, and then Divine Mercy Sunday. We're going to be there for you through it all. Of course, it's a busy year. There's a lot going on in the country with the world of politics and international conflicts and you know, with the church. We want to be here for you. And Relevant is such a, a gift. And I don't ever want to diminish any other apostolate. I think we need more Catholic radio, not less, right? We need more Catholic evangelization, not less. But I'll tell you what, God has put his finger on this apostolate. He's called us forth at this time. He's raised up some mighty voices like Patrick Madrid and Father Simon and Father Rocky to really be able to communicate the faith in a very beautiful way. We're seeing the fruit of all these shows. Cal Clark teaching the faith and Timory dealing with sexual ethics and John Morales and Morning Air getting your day started. These are wonderful shows. You know, they, they each fills a, a gap. Will you help us continue to keep this type of radio on the air? It's unlike anything else on your radio dial. And if you have relevant, then you're blessed. Will you bless us at 877-291-0123 or online at relevantradio.com? And Josh, I don't know what your screen says. Mine just ticked down to $2,000 to go to going over that that $800,000 mark that we've been trying to get so close to. Yeah, very, very close. You know, the other thing I just saw pop up here, too, was somebody who made a donation of $366. Ah, leap year. $366, <laughs> I know. Yeah, most uh, people, clever. you know, it's a dollar a day pledge. And we have a wonderful book. That's it's great. called The Ave Guide to the Scriptural Rosary. And it has, I, I love how this book is set up, where it has a different scripture passage for every single prayer, oh, wow. every Hail Mary that you go through, the four different mysteries, all the decades. It really is a wonderful book. It's a hardcover book. It's very attractive. Um, I, I, I'm really, I'm really proud that we can offer this this pledge drive. Yeah, you know, if you struggle with the rosary, and we'll talk about you and I will probably talk about this more tomorrow. Yeah, uh, this is a game changer. I fell in love with this this prayer. I prayed it for for years now. Scriptural rosary. That's what dollar a day. That's a dollar a day. Yeah. So yeah, you could make three sixty five. We'll give it to you as our thank you gift for three sixty five. If you want to throw in that extra dollar, because it's a leap year, we're not going to stop you. You can make a pledge of $366. You can make that pledge of any amount, though, and it will be matched dollar for dollar at RelevantRadio.com on the Relevant Radio app. Or give us a call, 877-291-0123. I'll keep the, the city anonymous, but I will send a shout-out to Kathleen, who just donated $20, or to Anonymous in San Antonio, Texas, who donated 26 or to Stella i got to keep that other donation quiet. I was about to give away the dollar amount there. I want to thank everyone for their big donations and their small donations. Every donation makes a difference. Every donation is, is matched. Your 25 becomes 50. You know, that 20 becomes 40. That 1,000 becomes 2,000, and we could use them all. Down to the final moment here, grateful for whatever you can do. You can still get in at 877-291-0123. Yep, 30 seconds to go, and 30 seconds is plenty of time for you to make that donation, have it matched dollar for dollar, and help support Relevant Radio. You're going to be glad that you did. When you listen the rest of the week, you're going to be glad, saying, ah, I, I, I really am so happy I made that pledge. Stay tuned. Kale Clark coming up next, but make your pledge right now, relevantradio.com.